Welcome to the Rocky Mountain Christian Church Podcast. Rocky is a community of believers who want to know Jesus and love like Him. Let's take a listen to this week's message. Man, amen. I, I, I love worshiping with all of you. And it is fantastic just to know that, you know, while we can't open the doors and just all flood back into this place today, we can connect online. And I, I realize that there's a lot of you locally that are connecting online with us. There's some of you locally that have never been inside our building. I mean, I can't wait to the day that we reopen the doors and we can come into this place and praise God and sing together. But until then, it's so fantastic just to be able to do this online. And then I think about not even just the people locally, but the people that are across our country that are worshiping. And maybe we haven't even ever met in person, but the bond that we have with Christ, it's just incredible how we can do that together. I, I do wanna say, just as Matt and Amanda said earlier, stay tuned to us all the way through the end of the message because I do have a couple words for you, just vision-wise, answers to some questions. I was in the community this week and uh, was in the grocery store. I had a family walk up to me from our Frederick campus and said, Pastor, just give it to me right now. Like, when are we reopening the doors? And I've had emails, I've had phone calls, people connecting and just wanting to know the answer to that question. And so I'm gonna give some direction to that answer, to those questions there. And then also for all of you that are joining us across the country that aren't here locally, you've probably got the question of, hey, when they do reopen the doors, are they gonna keep doing this? And I've got some more direction for you on that, so stick with us um, would be great. Hey, it's Mother's Day, and uh, three weeks ago, I was, uh, my son, eight-year-old Luke, he's second grade, he was sitting in our living room, and he was working on his spelling words with his mom, and so they were doing that. She was uh, working with uh, some of the other kids, too, and doing their homeschooling, and, and Luke is working through his spelling words, and you know, a second grader, their words aren't that hard. I mean, it's just a little three-letter word he's working on, the word O. And what his job was in, in the lesson was he had to write the words out, but then he also had to write out a sentence that explained that he understood the context and the definition of the word. So you take the word O, I would simply say something like, okay, I owe you five bucks. Well, Luke was kind of struggling with this concept of, of owing something. And so he's struggling to come up with a sentence and Jen's helping him a little bit. And all of a sudden he's like, I got it. And he says, I owe my mother. And I wasn't in the room, but I'm telling you this, I would have looked at him and said, oh buddy, you just got yourself in a spot. And Jen responds and she says, okay, I like that. What do you owe your mother? And Luke does not skip a beat and he dives in and he says, I owe my mother respect. Man, good answer. I taught the boy well, or she taught the boy well, whatever. But, but he jumps in and he says, I owe my mother respect. And you know, in this time right now, on this Mother's Day, with all the craziness that's going around us with stay-at-home orders and quarantine and COVID and all the craziness of life, I think we owe our moms and our ladies an immense amount of respect and honor today. You, you think about these times, unprecedented times, and we are all adapting and adjusting on the fly. And we've done it as a church. I mean, obviously right now we're not opening the doors. You can't walk right in here. And in a three-day period, we had to adjust from in-service uh, worship services, in-person worship services, to all of a sudden being totally online. Happened in three days. And there are a whole lot of things, moms and ladies, that you've had to adjust to on the fly. And your home is different. And you're working from home. You're schooling your kids from home. You've added teacher to your resume without even wanting to. I mean, you've got kids that are messing things up all day, every day, and they're asking for food at all times of the day, and there's nowhere to go to get away from them. And there's nowhere to send them to get them away from you. It's a crazy time. And I just wanna acknowledge right now 
that I think there is a whole lot extra, whole lot extra amount of momming that's going on in this time and space right now. You know, it makes me think of a passage. There's a passage in Proverbs 31. It talks about this list because ladies, the list of your responsibilities and requirements right now was already huge. But if you step back into it, man, the list of your requirements and responsibilities during COVID and stay-at-home orders, it goes through the roof. And Proverbs 31 is a passage that gives a list. It's kind of an overwhelming list. And I think there's a lot of ladies, when you hear Proverbs 31, if you're familiar with that passage, you're saying, is he really going there today? Because that list of what the godly characteristics and actions and attitudes of what a godly woman is, it's so exhaustive, it's almost exhausting. But here's the reality, ladies, you're doing it already, and so we're gonna jump into it, and I actually think that that list is gonna be encouraging today. So Proverbs 31, starting at verse 10, actually gives a setup. So there's 17 verses that start um, a little bit later, start in verse 13, that gives the list, but 10 through 12 gives kind of the setup for what's gonna happen. Here's what it says. Proverbs 31, starting verse 10, it says, a wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. There's one word, ladies, I think that'll be so encouraging for you. It's, it is the idea, it says, a woman of noble character. So the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, and you take that word noble in the Hebrew language and you translate it, it is the word for courageous. And, and not just for the word of courageous, it is, it's a military word. So ladies, in a, in a context of this place in history, when this is being written, very much women are behind the scenes, men are very prominent, they're the ones that are seen, they're the ones who are leaders. Women are behind the scenes in the home, but God writes, and he says this, he says, a noble woman, a courageous woman, a valiant woman is a woman who battles for character. And guys, I would just say this, I think we need to acknowledge that life is a battle. <laughs> Marriage is a battle and parenting is a battle and being a woman is a battle and it takes courage in our culture to be a godly woman that God calls us to be. And, and I just wanna say this, guys, you're sitting there, I, you need to turn to your lady and encourage her and say, man, I appreciate the courage that you show. Just like you, I live with one of those ladies. Uh, my wife, Jen, Amanda said that she's gonna be teaching with me today. I'm excited about that. We're gonna introduce her in just a second, but we've been married for 22 years. We've got four kids, so we're ranging from Luke, the one I mentioned, eight years old, all the way up to Grace, who's 16. We've got two girls and two boys, and Jen does, I mean, she is the backbone of our house. I'll just be honest about it. Man, all the things, the good things that happen in our home, she's the one that makes those things happen. She's the one that allows me to do what I do, and I asked my kids last night, I was like, hey, guys, what does mom make happen in our home? And Maddie just killed the whole conversation. She goes, everything, <laughs> everything dad, and it's true. Now she works inside the home, but she also works outside. She runs our basketball program here. We've got about 700 kids that are involved in that program. And then she's got a competitive basketball program that she does on the side called Rocky Mountain Hoops. And last year she had 100 girls from fourth grade up through high school that are in that. Now you take that, not to mention battling with all those things, um, we've also had a battle that I'll talk about a little bit later that we ran into with some health problems. Jen ran into cancer, and I'm thankful that, uh, that cancer is gone. It's not there anymore, but man, that's been a whole nother battle 
that this lady and our family has been pushing through. And so I've asked Jen to join me, and I'm excited. This isn't your normal like stage. It's usually a basketball court running yes, up and yes. down. But you have joined me for some Facebook Lives. Yes. And so we've done that. And yeah. it's been fun to share a little bit of our story. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, I definitely recommend just catching to hear a little bit more about our journey the past couple of years. And it has been a journey. I mean, we've talked even about like counseling that we've gone yes. through, marriage counseling and all of that. So I'd encourage you to catch it. But today we're talking about how awesome you ladies are. Yes. And so I'm <laughs> thankful you're going to help me because you're way more qualified than I am. Yeah. Um, to, to do that, just to talk about encouraging our ladies. But let me give you a little bit of background and then how about you jump in with the passage for a second. So if you take Proverbs 31, Proverbs is written by Solomon. Solomon is the third king of Israel. Crazy story, um, but he writes this book and it's a book of wisdom that he actually writes to his son. So we've got two sons. It'd be like me sitting down with our boys, Jake and Luke, and saying, guys, listen up. That's exactly what he says. And he goes through and talks about things like work and words but he actually talks a lot about women. Yeah. And he spends 30 chapters talking about the kinds of women to avoid. And then he comes back to this last chapter and wraps it up in, verse th in chapter 31. And he says, here's the woman you want to look for. Mm -hmm. And then ladies, here's the kind of woman that you want to be. And it's a list. Yeah. But it's really incredible and encouraging. I think one of the things that, that was shocking to me about it is Solomon writes the book of Proverbs for his sons. But if you look at verse 1, of Proverbs 31, it says this. It says, these are the sayings of King Lemuel. So we got Solomon who writes Proverbs, but then all of a sudden, who's this other king that comes in? And here it is. It says, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Now, almost every commentator I read, like everybody believes that it's the same person. So King Lemuel is actually just another name for King Solomon, which is really intriguing because if you know your history or you dive into scripture, you know that his mother was actually Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. Not exactly a woman of considered starting off with noble character. I mean, her story is committing adultery with King David, Solomon's mm -hmm. father. And it goes on to a story of murder. Mm -hmm. But then it becomes this incredible story of redemption where God brings them back together. They get married and she becomes this incredibly influential voice in Solomon's life and in King David's life. And to the point at which Solomon is saying, these are the sayings, these are my sayings, but these are inspired utterances, a list my mother gave me of what I should look for in a woman and what a woman should be. And it's a big list. It's a big list. So why don't you read the okay, list? Okay, I'm gonna read the list. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grabs the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
It's a list. It's a list. <laughs> it's a list. Honestly, when I read that, I think that's 17 verses of Superwoman yeah. back in the day. And I think it's really, and honestly, I don't understand half of it. And so I think looking at that, it's easiest for us as women to think that that's a job description. And uh, for someone like me who likes to do things well, when I look at how expansive that list is, it's intimidating because it's not me and I don't know that I can do that well. But it's, it's really neat to hear the context of that and to understand that it's not a job description, it's a mom teaching her son about the kind of woman that he should look for. And it's not her to-do list, it's about her character. And uh, to be honest, um, when you look at that, you could assume that she's describing a woman whose life would be a Pinterest board. It's not that at all. In mm -hmm. fact, this woman's kind of awesome. And this would be a woman that I would want my two boys to marry someday. And like any parent would do, like I would do with my boys, she's setting the bar yeah. really high and saying um, that this is, this is the kind of character and courage. Yeah, and we, and we do that, right? We make lists. Yeah. Like we've even, you even did that yeah. when you were younger, right? Yeah, you did. made a list of yeah. here's what the guy's gonna look like. And then you've done that with our girls. Yeah, so our girls are teenagers and we actually started this a couple of years ago and just started talking with them about the characteristics of the future men in their life. And our goal as parents was to be intentional and start that process early because we really want to have input in that and not let our culture define what that's gonna look like for them. I think our, our our culture would paint a different picture. And what's interesting about that list is as we talk through what those characteristics are, there's nothing on there about what kind of career he's gonna have, what kind of car he's gonna drive. It's all about the character that they're looking for. Yeah, and so Bathsheba's list, or Solomon's list, that he writes down is the same thing, right? Yeah. It is about her beauty comes from her character. Yeah. And I think that's been, what's been interesting as you talk about what we're trying to, to do and train our kids toward looking for, we're gonna have a big list. Mm -hmm. Like it, we're gonna raise the bar on that list just like she did for Solomon to say, here's the lofty list. But yeah. I think that's so encouraging yeah. for ladies. It would be encouraging for me to say, okay, this, is, this isn't even a real woman. This is a concept yes. of what you're looking for. So yeah. if we bring it into today, because I did laugh at some of the stuff, wool and flax and spindles and all this, but what does it mean today? So looking at that today, if we were just to look at the character that is exemplified in Proverbs 31, that woman today would be a woman who is godly, trustworthy, responsible. She'd be a hard worker, disciplined, strong, skilled, compassionate. She'd be generous, confident, kind sacrificial, she'd have integrity. It wouldn't be about what she does, but about how she does it. And it wouldn't be about whether she's married, whether she's a mom, it's more about who she is, who God created her to be, and her courage and character. It's kind of a you do you, you go girl kind of list. And for me, honestly, when I look at that, it's really, it's still a long list, but it's really inspiring because that's who I want to be anyway. And so if I can look at that and know that I don't have to, you know, I'm, I um, am not a project runway beat Bobby Flay kind of person. And so if I know that I can just do me and do that with the character and the courage 
that is on that list, it's really inspiring to me. And I, I think also as a mom, to have the courage and to be a warrior willing to fight for training my kids up to have that kind of character. I want them to marry people with character, but I also want them to be people of character. And what we've done in our household is when we're looking at all of that, we prioritize some of those things on the list and that's how we choose which battles we're gonna fight with our yep. kids. And so for us, trustworthiness is really high on our list. And so our kids have always had pretty harsh consequences when they don't tell the truth. In our family, being a sports family, hard work is also something that's pretty high on that list. And so our kids know that excuses don't fly. Very often they have to take ownership of how hard they worked on something. Mm -hmm. And then you'll often hear them say, hey, in the Moyers household, we do hard things. Yeah. And so it's creating a culture uh, yeah. because you, you said something too, you attract who you are. Yeah. And so, man, what, a, what an incredible list to shoot for, mm -hmm. to say you need to find this, but you also need to be this. But I love the fact that it's not a list of commands in a job description. It's a, it, I love how you put it. It's you go girl, you be you. Yeah. And I think every woman has different qualities, characteristics, and abilities. Yeah. And so while yours might be in this realm, someone else might say, well, I'm not that, but you're not them. Yeah. And so it is this place where God says, all these characteristics, here's how you, you can play these out and be you. Yeah. And that's what God's called us to be. And I think it's worth celebrating. That's what's interesting about the passage yeah. because the passage goes on and what, what actually Proverbs 31 is, is it's a poem. So it's an acrostic poem that was written in the Hebrew language and each verse starts with a successive letter that's, that's in the Hebrew alphabet. And it's meant to be this incredible acknowledgement of women. So actually, traditionally, not in scripture, but somewhere after in Jewish history, it became a tradition where what would happen is at the Sabbath meal, so Orthodox Jews do this, but then also Jews of most cultures do, when you come to the Sabbath meal on Friday night, they begin by singing mm -hmm. these verses over the woman of the house. We're not gonna sing. We're not gonna sing? No, no. How, maybe Friday nights? No. no, okay, all right. So, but I think that's incredibly encouraging. It's meant to be acknowledgement and encouragement. And so you got the list, 17 verses, Jen read it. It's a long list, mm -hmm. expansive list. But when you come down to the end of those 17 verses, it doesn't end there. Then it's a challenge and there's actually only one command mm -hmm. in the entire passage. It's not for women. It's actually for the men and it's actually for the families. Mm -hmm. And here's what it says in verse 28. It says, her children arise and call her blessed. And that word blessed actually means shalom, peace. It's the idea of the wholeness that she brings to the family. So the family is acknowledging that. Mm -hmm. um, all these things that she is. Then her husband also, he praises her. Many women do noble things but you surpass them all. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Here it is, honor her. The only command in the entire chapter is to husbands and children to say, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. That word honor means reward. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's incredibly important today it's Mother's Day, and on any day, we should be rewarding and honoring our ladies. But today, man, with everything that's going on, that's an important thing. But it's a pro the problem is, is we're not great at it. Mm -hmm. 
So you're here. I'm and here. so that's why I asked you. <laughs> so how about you help us? Okay. Help our guys. Um, how do we honor our ladies? Well, and, and you know, we had quite the list there for us, but I'm going to keep it really simple for the gentlemen. So awesome. I'm going to give you three things. And to be honest, I'm going to speak to you as a husband, but I think that these uh, principles apply to just women in general. I know women in my life that would really benefit from me treating them with some of these um, Whether moms, principles as wives, well. Yeah. single, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So three things. Um, see me, be with me, and want me. Okay. So first of all, see me. So I need you to see me in everything that I do. So uh, as women and as moms, we tend to wear a lot of hats. We multitask. We do a lot of little things, but we do them. We, we're pretty good at it. Sometimes I think it's easy to take for granted the little things and look right past that. So um, I just need you to acknowledge and appreciate. I was thinking about the Proverbs 31 woman. If she does all of these things and there's not anyone to acknowledge or appreciate what she's doing, that would be pretty devastating. Yeah, you saw me snicker there. I was laughing because we, this did remind us of a story. Yeah. So guys, literally this happened. I hope it hasn't happened to you. Maybe why we had marriage counseling, all right? So um, I literally asked, it was early on in our marriage and we had one or two kids at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I literally came home and we were having an argument about things in the house. And I said to you, I said, can you tell me, just, just help me out. Tell me what you do all day. And then he asked me to write it down <laughs> to make a list for him. I, I didn't do that, you did, did I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I asked, I lit, and I have never lived that story down. I asked her, tell me what you do all day. And so that is not seeing you no. by any means. No. Yeah. Uh, one thing that has been really helpful with this, so Sean mentioned that I'm a basketball coach and every summer I go to uh, a camp called PGC. I go as a coach to do professional development and I often take uh, kids with me. Last summer, the director was challenging us as leaders and asking us just to see the people in our lives. And one way that he modeled that for us throughout the week is that he would simply, if he saw somebody doing something, well, it could be something mundane, such as picking up a piece of trash or doing something that had been a challenge. When he saw somebody doing something, he would just shout out their name and say, I see you. And I know that sounds really simple, but there's something powerful about someone acknowledging you and seeing you. So for guys, like as practical as that, like yeah. you as ladies this week, even though you said it and yeah. they heard it, yeah. but it would be meaningful for them to say, hey, I see you. I see you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I see you. Okay. The second one is be with me. One of my favorite quotes is by Jim Elliott. And he says, wherever you are, be all there. And I think as women, we so appreciate the hard work and we appreciate you providing, we appreciate all of that, but we also just need you to know that when you're home, we need you to be all there. So sometimes that's pitching in around the house, engaging with the kids, listening. Mm -hmm. I just need to know that you're all there when you're home. And I also need you to be a protector and have my back. Yeah, and I, I think guys, that is, some, some guys that is, immediately natural, mm -hmm. um, strong personalities and, and, and whatever, but others a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. I remember early on for us, it was a little difficult on the protecting side. Mm -hmm. We had a neighbor, I won't tell you the whole story, but they had a dog that wouldn't stop barking. It was right next to our, our I was window. nine months pregnant too. And nine months <laughs> pregnant and you'd be like, would you, d barking all night. And for some reason I was 
concerned with my reputation as a pastor yeah. that, and being, and, and it hurts you mm -hmm. that I wouldn't just go take care of it. Finally, the dog bit me and I took care of it really fast. Mm -hmm. But why did it take that for me to protect? Yeah. And I also remember later on in our marriage, a moment where I did come in and I did say, I've got you. Step back, I've got you and protected. And man, the response mm -hmm. was overwhelming yeah. and was incredible. Yeah. So I see you, but then I've got you. Whether it's with the kids, step back, I got this. Yeah. Man, I got the kids, I got the house, whatever, or protecting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the third one is... I need you to want me, to pursue me. Uh, back when we were younger, one of my favorite sets of books was written by Shanti Feldhahn, and it's, it, she wrote uh, a series of books for men only and for women only. And in those books, she did a survey and basically said that 80 to 90% of women constantly wonder if their significant other truly loves them. Mm -hmm. And so for when, when I say I need you to want me or pursue me, that's an action word. And I love how they put it in their book. They said, when you pursue me, you are doing the little things daily that remind me that you would choose me all over again. I think that's a good way to put it. I, and I think we make it a whole lot harder. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're just dense. I mean, guys, I heard it even in the book that it says, a guy will tell you that he loves you and then he'll tell you if it changes. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. but you need to hear that. Yeah. You need to not just be to hear that, but you need to be shown that on a daily basis, yes. even more than just once a day, but a daily basis yeah. that I, yeah. I <laughs> that I'm still working, we're still working, yeah. I, that, I, that I want you and it's shown by our actions. You made a statement to me one yeah. time, because we're really good at working together. Yeah. Both, you know, perf you're perfectionist in some ways and we're both really div driven people. Mm -hmm. And so we get a lot done together, but yeah. I remember the moment that you said, hey, I want to be your princess, not your admin. Mm -hmm. And that, was, that kind of rocked me a bit of it was more about what we were doing and accomplishing together instead of, hey, I want you mm -hmm. and I love being around you and I love who you are and I yeah. see you and showing you in every way, emotionally, physically, everything, yeah. that you're my lady. Yeah. So yeah. give me three again. Okay, so see me, okay. be with me, and want me. And so statements are, I see you mm -hmm. and I've got you and I want you. Man, I, babe, I so appreciate you doing this and I'm so thankful and uh, so thankful on this Mother's Day of you doing it. And this would be the point where like everybody in the room would say, hey, how about Sean, you don't preach next week. Jen will do that and they'll applaud and everything. Yeah. But thank you a ton for yeah. doing it. I appreciate it yeah. a lot. Guys, I, I would say this, like just you think about this and it's not that hard. I mean, we step back and Jen just gives three simple things for us. And I think in the times that we're in, man, it ought to be on every guy's mind and every kid's mind, every family's mind out there of how do we turn around and just say, hey, I wanna celebrate you today. Man, God has gifted us with you. I wanna celebrate who you are today. It's, it's interesting, um, in the end of that passage, it gives the command and it says, it says to honor her or to reward her. Well, if you actually step back into what it says, how you honor her, it says that the children arise and call her blessed. They actually acknowledge all the wholeness she brings to their home. But then it says the husband arises and does more. It says the husband praises her. And then it goes on, it says, even to the city gates, they hear the praises of this husband about this wife and all the things that she does. The word praise right there, incredible word. It's the word halah. And it's actually the root word of hallelujah. 
So we stood here earlier and we, we praise God and we sing and you see the worship team with all the energy and excitement, they're praising. Some of you felt comfortable singing, some of you didn't, but those songs are singing praise to God. But we say, man, your redemption, your grace, your forgiveness, the wholeness, a relationship with Jesus that you bring into our life, you are our hallelujah. And in this moment, Solomon writes, and he uses the same word that's used for God about this woman of the home who brings wholeness and he says, you are our hallelujah. And guys, you think about it. I said earlier that I asked my daughter, I said, hey, babe, what, what, uh, what are all the things that mom brings? And she just said everything. And if I just say it as a husband, you just step back and you look at the wholeness and the beauty and the amazing things she brings. She's our Christmas. Man, she's every birthday. She's every beautiful meal that happens. She's the beauty of our home. She's the backbone of the values in our household. She loves our kids and creates spirituality and so many things. She allows me to do what I do. She's the one that teaches our kids how to be friends and how to be good students and how to be people of character. I mean, you want to go through, she is my hallelujah. And guys, I would just say it today that you ought to grab your kids and you ought to just write a list. You ought to write a list out of all, or even better yet, when you turn this off today, you just sit there. If you're with her today, you just go around and have them say, here's all the things that moms bring to our household. Now, interesting thing, I mentioned some health issues for Jen and um, January 2nd, she got a call. She'd had a mammogram and they asked her to come back late in the month, but all of a sudden, January 2nd, she gets a call from the doctor. She calls me up and they said, they told me to come back in this morning. Long story short, she goes and has three biopsies. Radiologist tells her right there in the meeting without confirming any tests, you have breast cancer. Tests come back positive, two surgeries later, I'm happy to say that cancer is gone, but here's what it did. And you step back in, we've gone through a year and a half of marriage counseling, and I tell you, I love my wife to death, but I have not always been as attentive to say, I see you, man, I've got you, and I want you. I've not always been that way, and guys, we mess up, and we're not always that. But when we got the word that cancer was there and that was something we were battling, I can tell you this, when that word hit my ears, it was all in. It was like, I see you like never before. Man, I've got you like never before. Step back, I've got this part of things, I'm in. And then it's like, I want you like never before. And here's the sad thing about it, is it shouldn't take cancer. It shouldn't take cancer for you to have to lean in like that. And so guys, today we've got an opportunity. It's Mother's Day, but it actually should be Mother's Day every single day. Man, the things that they bring to our home, I want to challenge you to remind her, man, that she's your hallelujah. See her, man, protect her, have her back, and want her like never before. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, wanted to say it. Thank you for our moms. Father, there are so many beautiful pictures in scripture of women who step up and we're not perfect, but gave a beautiful picture of the sacrificial love that it takes to be a mom or to be a wife or just to be a woman. Father, thank you for that in-depth care and in-depth love that you have just built into every single woman and that in-depth leadership. And so Father, we just pray that they feel encouraged today. I pray that we as a church will recognize the leadership that they have at this place and how much they make this place better. And I pray that every family today will recognize our moms. Father, we just thank you for Jesus and we thank you for them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.
Man, I'm so glad that you could join us on this Mother's Day. And, and I do wanna encourage you guys, make sure today you celebrate your moms well. I told you to stick around after, and I just wanna take a couple minutes and answer the question everybody's been asking, when are the church's doors gonna reopen? And while I can't give you a date, I can give you some principles in which we're making some decisions and creating a face plan with our elders and our lead team and our staff that we're lockstep in on these principles that are creating a phase plan for us to be able to reopen the doors. Now, when you just step back and you look at our community and our local governments and our state governor, the, the stay at place order, the social distancing, all of that has not been list, lifted to where we can have groups gather again. But here's how we're making decisions. First, excuse me, first principle is simply this, that just like Matt said at the beginning, Rocky's not closed. And I think we need to hear that. Because when people ask me, hey, when are the doors gonna reopen again? It just insinuates, or it just kind of insinuates that the church has been closed. And I would argue right now that the church is more open than it's ever been. When you have the amount of baptisms, the amount of people getting in community and small groups online, and when you have two and a half times your normal attendance in person gathering every Sunday online, I'd say you're pretty open. And God's doing some incredible things right now. And I think for us, what we need to do is we need to celebrate the fact that God is doing some great things. Now, do we want online community to create or to replace in-person community? No. But I do want all of you out there that are not local, that are wondering what's gonna happen when they reopen the doors and they can come back to in-person community. Will they keep this going? Yes. We're gonna have a Frederick campus, we're gonna have a Niwak campus, and we're gonna have an online campus. And I am pumped about that and excited about that, that we're gonna be able to have everyone a part of our family and consistently be reaching out and taking our mission to know Jesus and to love like him as far and as broad as we can. Second principle is this, and it's simply the idea of, so we've got um, that Rocky is not closed, but, but also we wanna protect Rocky's reputation as a church that we've worked hard to build over the years. And that's not just in the last eight years I've been here. That's in the 30 some years that Rocky has been a church where we have built a reputation with our community leaders, with our schools, with our community organizations, with our local governments and with our nonprofits where we've wanted to say, hey, we're not just about us, we're about you. And we are about our community. So we've built those relationships through serving. And what's happened is our schools and our local governments have come to us and said, we want you to be engaged in these conversations. We want you to be involved in our schools. We want you to be present in places where churches aren't normally allowed. And here's what happens. Some of you have written some emails. Some of you have sent me something saying, man, our rights are being infringed upon. We need to open our doors now. Here's the thing I would say is, hey, we are going to respect our local governments right now. We have not closed our doors. We are still able to meet. And when we reopen, it is gonna be an opportunity to reopen, to respect the things that have been out there and also to protect our reputation, to keep being able to take the gospel and the great commission to go into all the world as far and deep into our community as possible. And so we're gonna keep doing things to do that, but it is gonna affect how and when we reopen. Now, one thing we're gonna do is on, uh, as Amanda said, on May 20th, we're gonna do what we call Day of Hope. And I wanna encourage you, whether you live in our community or not, I wanna encourage you to be involved in that. And so it's simple. We can't gather together to actually serve, but what we can do is do small things in our neighborhoods, in our communities, to serve the people individually around us. And so it may look like this. It may be that you drive through Starbucks and you pay for the person behind you. 
just a little day of hope and you just let that person at the, the barista know, hey, let them know that, hey, we're just trying to provide a little bit of hope today. It may be that you look at a neighbor and you ask them, hey, what can we do to help around your house? Um, cutting down a tree, doing some yard work. Can we go shopping for you? But simply in the name of the gospel and the mission that we're about, we are gonna hashtag it, um, uh, know and love, which is our mission to know Jesus and love like him. And we're gonna try to get every single person that's joining us online to do something in our community and post that just to say, hey, we are for you and bring a little hope to our community. Third principle is this, this one's really important, is when we reopen the doors, it's gonna be at a moment where we can provide a quality experience for everybody. Uh, social distancing has been really difficult and you see it happening in your grocery stores, you see it happening all over the place, but it happens in our churches. And, and a buddy of mine um, opened up last week in Texas, which is a little more broad on their requirements. And so they were allowed to meet but the list of requirements for their church to be able to come in the doors together was this long. It was everything from you had to register for church and if you didn't make the cut because we had to social distance and we only had a certain amount of, of seats and if you couldn't be in the auditorium, maybe you had to be in the gym and you get it broadcast to you just like you're doing in the comfort of your own home right now and there's no children's ministry and bring your own hand sanitizer and no shaking hands and we got, and I'm just looking at that saying, do I want to take the, creative energy of our staff and put it into that or take the creative energy of our staff and put it into what we're doing online and how we're reaching out to our community and how we're connecting and taking the gospel as broad as possible. Man, when we reopen these doors, we want to be able to walk in these doors and to sing with all of our might, to be able to praise God like we talked about, to be able to hug each other to say, man, we're so excited. And we're gonna begin working on a phase plan over the next two weeks that we're gonna share with you that's gonna be phases of reopening. You're gonna have opportunities for your small groups to gather. We're gonna have opportunities for other things to happen. But there will be a moment when these doors open and I wanna challenge and encourage everyone locally, whether you've been to this place or not, you come back in these doors and you come see us and meet us personally and see the incredible community that God's placed here at Rocky. But until then, Man, we're gonna respect our local leaders. We are gonna keep pushing deep and broad as far as we can with online services. And we are going to celebrate that God is doing more with us in the Great Commission now than he has done before. So here's what I'm asking of you. Stay engaged. Stay connected online. Some of you experience a little, you know, online like screen fatigue, but man, be online every single weekend. Be inviting every single weekend. And then I wanna encourage you to keep giving online so that we can help our community and help those in our community that have needs. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see you in person. I love you all. But until then, I'm gonna keep seeing you online. We're gonna keep celebrating what God's doing. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Have a great Mother's Day. And we will look forward to seeing you next weekend.